0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Graveyard Podcast. Graveyard Grumbler. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., aka The Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode is about the serial killer Harold Shipman, or Dr. Death, as the media so kindly named him. And uh, today's actually the last episode of the serial killer saga that I've been covering. My 11-year-old has been educating me on urban legends from around the world, and there's a lot of fucked up urban legends that I had no idea about, so I'll be covering those in the following episodes. But back to Harold Shipman. He was born January 14th, 1946, in Nottingham, England. He was the favorite child out of four (laughs) well that's where mom fucked up already you pick a favorite child out of four of course he's going to feel that he can get away with shit and do whatever the fuck he wants which is weird because i was my mom's favorite but i never got away with anything i got grounded for every fucking thing in the world Hmm. i think my mom didn't understand what favorite meant in the family so but i'm definitely her favorite now (laughs) Uh, the mother was domineering she instilled An early sense of superiority that tainted most of his later relationships, leaving him an isolated adolescent child with very few friends. So because he was a favorite and his mom coddled him and made him feel like he can do and get away with anything, he ended up having no friends. Who wants to be a friend with a fucking asshole like that? Get away with everything, whatever the fuck he wants, man. Fuck you. His mother was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. Uh, he oversaw the treatment that the doctors gave his mother. He was there of course, to see her decline, which I mean it's kind of a shitty thing, but people are fascinated by death and unfortunately he was also he was also really fascinated in the drug morphine and the effect that it had on on her on his mother, which I mean for anyone who's done drugs, drugs are bad though, okay don't ever do drugs. But for those of you who ever tried painkillers or just taking painkillers in general, we all know that the numbing feeling is really, really awesome. I mean, it feels it feels great, especially when you're in, in a lot of pain and you get that relief. But seeing it from the outside, you you don't really understand it. But Harold Shipman wanted to know everything about it, so he became really obsessed and fascinated with with morphine. So unfortunately, his mother died. June 21st 1963 and devastated by her death he was determined to become a doctor and so he went to medical school which in a lot of cases you know the the big thing for a lot of people is they want to find a way to fix what's broken I guess you can say so in his case he wanted to become a doctor to help fight and prevent shit like that to ha- happening in the future and again he was probably really in obsessed with drugs and painkillers that he wanted he wanted to know exactly what what effects it did so hey why not go to medical school medical school so by by 1974 he was a father of two and had joined a medical practice in todd morden yorkshire where he initially thrived as a family practitioner before allegedly becoming addicted to painkiller pethidine so he <laughs> Instead of being fascinated on the effects and using rats or shit like that, he ended up being addicted to painkillers, the painkiller pethidine of all. So that kind of backfired on him, which kind of sucks. And he forged prescriptions for large amounts of the drug, and he was forced to leave the practice when caught by his colleagues in 1975. So his colleagues straight dropped dimes on him, saying that he was a fucking drug addict. So he had to leave that practice just so he wouldn't be embarrassed anymore I'm guessing but here's the fucking thing the, the the fucking interesting part about him getting caught forging prescriptions and being caught using drugs all he got was a small fine and he was he had a misdemeanor for forgery what the actual fuck are you serious he gets all he gets is a a small fine for a doctor regardless of how major of a you're making decent money you're not making minimum wage or anything so a small fine to a doctor probably isn't a big deal but not even he didn't get no his license suspended for a little while or nothing just a small fine and a conviction for forgery get the fuck out of here the crazy thing that if i worked in a lab or a pharmacist a pharmacy or whatever and i was caught using drugs and and forging prescriptions i would get the book fucking thrown at my head for this shit and on top of that I'd get a fine. So I guess favoritism works in several different ways. I don't know how the laws are now, but I'm just I'm just making the guess that that's how it rolls now that doctors are still able to get away with a lot since they are doctors. They went to school for 20 fucking years just to get their license, but hey, whatever. The <laughs> the murders began a few few years later. Shipman was accepted to the staff of Donnybrook Medical Center in Hyde where he he was a hardworking doctor. I mean, he lived and breathed being a doctor. He had to after his fuck up from the other place. The last thing you want to do is bring suspicion to your new workplace so they can look up your old records and find shit that you did was all fucked up. So so he was... (laughs) He was a hardworking doctor. The local, and the thing was, that after a while, the local undertaker noticed that Dr. Shipman's se- patients seemed to be dying at an unusually high rate and exhibited similar poses in death, which is weird. I mean, most were fully clothed and usually sitting up or reclining on a cedar. So he, he would post them up because I mean, from my understanding, is that he did a bunch of house calls to different patients to go figure out what the fuck is going on with them, and then he'd kill them at their house. That that's crazy. He was the undertaker was concerned enough to approach Shipman about his about this directly. So the fucking undertaker walks up to Doctor Shipman said, "Hey, bitch, why the fuck are your patients dying so 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 rapidly? You have a you're a." accumulating on a large number of dead people what the fuck are you doing man i mean that's pretty gangster if you think about it the undertaker hits him up about why he's why his patients are dying and they all they're all dying dying in similar fashion you have to give that full credit he fucking hit him up like a thug and the dr shipman said there was nothing to be concerned about so don't worry about it and then later on another medical colleague by the name of dr Su, susan booth also found the similar similarities disturbing and then he she calls the local coroner's office and alerted her then the coroner's office contacted the police so you have one undertaker already complaining about it then another one and then the doctor complains about it too you know hey this shit doesn't seem right and then the uh, the police the police do an investigation on what the fuck's going on but They check out his medical records that he, all the records that he, that he had taken from all his patients that were, that passed away and all of them were fine. So wouldn't you want to have someone from the medical field help you investigate instead of trying to investigate the shit solo and not knowing what the fuck is going on and believing that everything was legit? I mean, that's what I would do. I I wouldn't, I couldn't speak for the doctor, for the police officers, but you're investigating a medical doctor's doctor's medical records and notes. You would want a medical professional who understands that shit to help you out with the investigation, right? I don't know. There wasn't much information about that shit, so I doubt they did. So later on, a gal by the name of Kathleen Grundy, an active wealthy, an active wealthy 81 year old widow, widower was found dead in her home on June 24, 1998, following an earlier visit by Shipman. <laughs> her daughter, Angela Woodruff, was advised by Shipman that an autopsy was not required and Grundy was buried in accordance with her daughter's wishes. So the doctors like, "Yo, <laughs> your grandma died." I sorry, "Your mom died." Don't trip. You don't need to get an autopsy. It's your healthy, active mother died all of a sudden. And so just bury her. Don't trip. <laughs> you can take my word. What the fuck? Why wouldn't that's kind of weird for a doctor to say you don't need to do an autopsy, just bury her. That's fucking. <laughs> so what sucks for for Dr. Shipman was that the the daughter, Wood what's her name? Uh Woodruff was a lawyer <laughs> and had a, she had She has always handled her mother's affairs, so it was with some surprise that she discovered that another will existed, leaving the bulk of her mother's fortune and estate to Dr. Shipman. Woodruff was convinced that the will was fake and Shipman forged it. You fucking think? (laughs) What do you mean you're convinced? If you're the one handling your mother's estate and everything that's going on and you were there and helped her write the will and you're a fucking lawyer... Yeah, there's something wrong. Why would the fuck would the mom leave all her sh- all her sh- all her shit to the doctor that she hardly knew? I mean, unless they were having an affair or whatever, or, or you know, well, you know, friends with benefits. But that's just an odd thing for a, a lady, a widower, to leave her mo- majority of her state to a doctor when she has kids and she can leave them all to her kids. <laughs> Fucking dumbass doctor. So Grundy was exhumed and a post-mortem autopsy revealed that she died of a morphine overdose administered within three hours of her death, precisely within the time frame of Shipman's visit to her. So they they dug that poor lady, that poor 81-year-old lady, out of the grave, took her back to the doctor. They did another autopsy on her and realized and discovered that she had a large amount of morphine in her body huh that's kind of suspicious right nah that can't be suspicious i mean it's just morphine everyone uses morphine so (laughs) so dr shipman's home was raided and several items were taken by police for evidence a weird jewelry collection an old typewriter and medical records the medical records that he had showed, showed there were more murders that he was hiding. He fabricated medical notes that, co- that corroborated his cause of death. So this motherfucker was altering medical notes and medical records to match the shit that he was telling the patients, the patient's family why they died. So that way when it gets popped up by courts or the the family wants to have copies of it, she just he gives them the copies that he created to match all the shit that he was spewing out to on the reasoning why the per, the person died in the first place. <laughs> Fucking stupid. So he was arrested and he was caught by the timestamp his computer left off when he was altering the the medical records. So you're you're over here robbing people, killing people, left and right but you're going to overlook the timestamp that your computer leaves whenever you're printing out fucking medical records boy i tell you how do you overlook that it makes no fucking sense but i'm not a doctor and a murderer so i wouldn't i i, I couldn't answer that question for them so following extensive investigation which included numerous exhumations and autopsies, the police charged Shipman with 15 individual counts of murder on September 7th, of 1998, as well as one count of forgery. So instead of hitting him with the 15 counts of forgery, they, I'm guessing, lumped it all up into one and only charged him with one count of forgery when he was forging medical records, which is way against the law in any country you go to, but they were only able to pin 15 individual counts of murder on him. So why do you cover him, Graveyard Grumbler? I will tell you. Listen. A computer analysis then testified how Shipman had altered his computer records to create symptoms that his dead patients never had. In most cases, within hours of their death. He also pretended to call emergency services in the presence of relatives, then canceled the call when the patient was discovered to be dead. Telephone records show no actual phone calls were made. So... He would fake dial that he's calling emergency services while the patient was dying, but never actually really called them and just left the bodies there. And then he left saying, hey, there's nothing more I can do. Get your body, get your pay, your uh, loved one's body to the morgue and, you know, take care of shit from there. I'm out. (laughs) What a fucking dick. So finally, evidence of his drug hoarding was introduced with false prescription. It was, he was prescribing, making false prescriptions to patients who didn't require morphine and over prescribing to others who did. So his drug use continued. He was starting to use more and more drugs and he would write up fake prescriptions to, of course, keep the drugs for himself. But then the patients that did require morphine, he was. Writing way more than they actually needed. And he did that so he can keep the the excess amount or the excess prescription that he that he had written out for himself, which is pretty smart. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's the best way to do it. If you're gonna get high off your own supply, then you can write your own prescriptions. Fuck it. <laughs> he was sentenced to fifteen life sentences. Further investigation reveals Shipman is responsible for at least two hundred thirty six deaths so they were only able to pin 15 actual deaths because they couldn't find enough concrete evidence i'm guessing that showed he was responsible however there's later on some doctors started going through all of his medical records and all, all the death certificates that he had written out to show that they were all died in similar fashion and they all died within a certain amount of time. They all died with diseases that they had no history of. They had no, no um, appointments to get treated. So they came to the conclusion that he was responsible for 236 deaths. This motherfucker killed 236 people, the, the illegal legal way, so to speak. So he would, Do treatment on him and then overdose him with fucking drugs and have him die. Get the fuck out of here. How does, how does someone do that shit? Unfortunately, he didn't die. Well, he died in prison, but he wasn't, he he killed himself in 2004. He hung himself in his own cell, unfortunately. I mean, it would have been better if he would have just died and suffered of old age until he was decrepit and someone they shanked him with the fucking spoon right inside of his neck fuck that motherfucker I, it, it blows my mind how easy a lot of these murderers these serial killers get off i don't I, I can't wrap my head around how fucked up the justice system is yeah i mean granted he did get caught in he did get four consecutive life sentences yeah that's cool and all but fuck that motherfucker kill him He killed 236 people. Just take his life and end it. I don't, I don't get why you would want to preserve his life and and have him serve it out in prison. I mean, just to some people, I understand, you know, all lives are, are valuable and no one's life should be taken, but this food took 236 people away from loved ones, people that still had some sort of life left to live some sort of love and joy to get out of whatever remaining years they have i mean well for the 81 year old lady who was healthy why does she have to die she's i'm pretty sure she had another 10 11 years left inside of her and this motherfucker just cut her life way short because he was greedy and wanted more money how the fuck can, can people get away with that shit i mean he didn't get away with it per se but at the same time he did because he was still able to live yeah he took his life in 2004 but what on his own account, on his own, on his own terms. Fuck that. He should have been taken out by the death penalty. I don't know if the death penalty is, is an active thing in England. I I, I don't know. I have to look that up, but it should be if it isn't, I mean, death penalty should be reserved for those who have no regard for life and just take and just take it with their, without any thought or, or remorse, man. Fuck those motherfuckers. They they should be gone. I don't get it. Why, why you would just lock him up for for four life sentences? Yeah, he's gonna die in prison, but fuck that. Kill him earlier. He didn't think twice when he killed his patients. Two hundred thirty six of them. That's a lot of fucking people. I don't know that. It, it's crazy that people do that shit. That's life, I'm guessing. It's a sad, sad thing, but it is life. But That is going to wrap it up for Dr. Death. Again, I didn't want to go dive deep into every single murder and everything that they did, the research and all that, because I didn't want to make this podcast an hour long. I was trying to keep it around 30 to 45 minutes. That way people can enjoy listening to it. If you have any suggestions on future episodes, feel free to email me at graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, or you can hit me up on my Instagram, Graveyard Grumbler podcast, or find me on Facebook. I just activated my a Facebook account for Graveyard Grumbler, so feel free to check it out. I think it's Tino Romero. Just look at my name or Graveyard Grumbler. I, I don't know how to use that shit yet, so feel free to look it up. Let me know what's going on. Stay tuned. I'm going to be releasing Graveyard Grumbler Spooky Tales sometime this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, depending on what I have going on. It is a collection of spooky stories that I enjoy reading that I want to scare people with because I enjoy scaring people. So stay tuned and keep an eye. Look out for that. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you for the support. Good morning, good day, good night. Goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. This is the You're a friend. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast.